Bulimia sucks, but you don't, and here's why. The Bulimia Sucks podcast with Kate Hudson Hall will teach you how to begin breaking through the multitude of thoughts, feelings, triggers, and urges to empower yourself to change your painful behaviors completely. You will hear proven strategies and solutions to help you in your recovery, including real interviews with real people. Kate has just released a new best-selling book called Anxiety Hacks with proven techniques, tools, and tips to calm this. Check it out now on Amazon. And now... Another episode of Bulimia Sucks, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Bulimia Sucks. I'm your host, Kate Hudson-Hall, and thank you for listening. Now, this is a platform for people to share relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations based on bulimia, anorexia and every other eating disorder. And episodes include personal stories of where they are now and their difficult journeys and their steps taken into recovery. But then we also talk to professionals who work with people with an eating disorder. My audiobook, Bulimia Sucks, is now live on Audible, Amazon and iTunes. And if you would be interested and would like a free copy of this, then please email me at katehudsonhall at gmail.com and I can send you the code so then you can download it for free. And the other exciting thing that I've been doing is making coloring books, which are out now on Amazon. And I have made a coloring book for people with bulimia, anorexia and binge eating. And then also one for anxiety, um, anxiety relief. So it's really exciting. I've loved it. And it's very, been very therapeutic for me to make, <laughs> which is excellent. So, um, and there, it includes 35 mandalas, so nice, relaxing, easy to color patterns um, with inspiring quotes of wisdom on each mandala. And then on the opposite page, there's questions about what you can learn about that quote and how it can help you to move forward in your journey. So if you'll be interested and would like to have a look at those, if you type my name into Amazon, they'll come up. Now, our guest today, which is fantastic, I'm very excited, is Joni Sito. Now, she's a therapist who specializes in helping women overcome binge eating and end their lifelong struggle with food and weight. Her unique weightless method helps women make peace with food, reclaim their worth, and feel confident in their own skin again. With qualifications in rapid transformational therapy, eating psychology, and 10 plus years of corporate leadership and development experience, Joni combines hypnotherapy, coaching, and high-performance customer success methods. Oh, we like that. To help women to break free from sabotage and achieve long-lasting results. Brilliant. Oh, how exciting. We want to hear about this. So welcome, Joni. It's fabulous to have you on. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. And I've already made a little mental note to go on Amazon, get those coloring books because they sound fantastic. Yeah. Um, I now know what I'm giving everyone for Christmas. So thank you. 
well, people that maybe have that problem, <laughs> maybe if they haven't. But the anxiety one, I thought that was so important because mm-hmm. particularly at this moment in time in life, you know, many people are struggling with anxiety. So, so yay. So come on. So tell me, so let's start off. Do you have a funny story, Joni? <laughs> I do actually. Um, so this goes back to, I would say in towards the end of my binge eating career, let's put it that way, yeah. <laughs> where essentially, um, I I remember one day where I was home uh, home from work. It was one of those days where I had called in sick at work because I binged the night before and so woke up in the morning. I felt really, really crappy about myself. And yeah. I did get up. I, I remember I did get up and, and I'd walked over to my wardrobe and tried every single thing in there and just felt so... I guess fat and inflamed and couldn't find anything to wear. And I was like, okay, I'm going to call in sick because I don't want anyone to see me like this. Yeah. Now yeah. at that point, I, I was feeling so awful about myself that I thought, okay, I'm, I, I want something else to eat, but I didn't want to leave the house because I didn't want anyone to see me. So I went on Uber Eats um, and I remember ordering pizza from this one place uh, but they didn't do desserts. So I wanted pizza, but I also wanted ice cream. So I ordered pizza from one restaurant and then ordered ice cream from another restaurant um, at the same time. And about 30 minutes later, suddenly I get the little Uber Eats message thing on my phone. And then there's another one. And it's essentially saying both your drivers are outside the house. And so I, I walked down to the door and opened the door and there's two guys standing there and I was in my pajamas and it was absolutely mortifying at that point to think that there was two people going like, oh, she's ordering all this food and uh, it, it felt yeah. Yeah. awful, but I like, I can look back at it now and it's I thinking, um, yeah, when I look at it, back at it now, I find it so funny actually thinking back at that now, thinking like, oh my God, I had two two people, like two breeds guys turn up at the same time. Yeah. Back then it was mortifying, but right now it's right now it's kind of funny. That was one of my better moments, I would yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh dear. It's amazing what we do put ourselves through, you know, when we're in the depths of you know, our eating disorder, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So, well, tell us about um, when you were aware that you're, you know, that you were in the pattern of binge eating and sort of how it unfolded. Mm. So this is really quite funny because I actually didn't know I was binge eating at all for most of the time. I I actually just thought I really sucked at sticking to a diet. Yeah. So it's only really back in maybe end of 2017, beginning 2018, that I came across that word binge eating. And then suddenly so many things started to make sense in my mind. But most of the time I actually didn't know. Um, I think it was only officially sort of diagnosed in 2013 or something. So it's still relatively new and people aren't aware like you weren't. 
that that mm. is, you know, that is a disorder that they have. Exactly. Yeah. I was very much most of my life just on this dieting roller coaster. And anytime that I had these little episodes of, of numbing out with food, well, first of all, my perfectionist brain wanted mm. to completely shut it's out. Huge. There's so many people with an eating disorder. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Very much. It's very common, isn't it? Absolutely. And so my brain didn't even want to recognize that that was happening. It's was, it was just like, oh, that didn't happen. Let's just forget about that. Yeah. Um, but, but I did very much think that um, I, I just lacked willpower, didn't have, didn't have enough self-control, and I just needed to do better, try harder, go on another diet, try harder. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. And then once you sort of realized that this – was binge eating um and so what changed then yeah so i think so it was kind of back in 2017 where at that point i had been on this dieting roller coaster for 20 years so 20 years of doing the same thing of being in that cycle of not feeling good about myself so hence thinking oh i need to go on a diet in order to lose weight but then having moments during the day or even getting overwhelmed at work and really feeling crappy about myself and then turning to food in order to temporarily feel better, yes. which then, of course, made me feel worse about myself. And it was just this whole cycle. Um, and having, I think, having done that enough times and having pretty much explored all the diets and all the quick fixes and all the milkshakes and the slim fast and, you know, yeah. all the things they just that don't point. work and so yeah you address I, the bigger picture and all exactly. of those reasons why you're reaching out for food when you're not hungry exactly and so there came a point where I was like hang on a minute none of this is working and I keep doing the same thing over and over again there has to be something else to this and then I think it just kind of dropped into my mind suddenly of like oh maybe this is emotional and I feel like that's when right. the tide shifted, where I was like, ah, maybe this is emotional. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that was it was that recognition that actually this is to do with my feelings and my emotions. Yeah. Like I think even at, at that point, it wasn't even that yet. It was just like, maybe I have some emotional block somewhere, which is causing me to put, like, hang on to all of this weight. Yeah. Like, that that was the initial thing but it it was I guess it was great because it led me down that path of starting to explore this and the first thing I actually ended up doing at the time is I came across EFT at that point oh we love EFT the tapping, EFT therapy. tapping. yeah mm. it's tapping on a routine of points while thinking about any negative feeling and you can reduce that feeling down it's fantastic they call it um it's like acupuncture but without the needles mm. yeah that's right yeah mm. and I went to see this practitioner and booked in with her for six six sessions or something like that and I went in and we didn't talk about my weight and I was like what's going on here this she doesn't know what she's doing we need to talk about my weight that's obviously the problem but she didn't and we talked about my mom and my dad and all of these other things and that's when it started to sink in like oh hang on maybe weight isn't the issue maybe food isn't the issue maybe it goes deeper than that yeah 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 wow 
So did you, with regards to the EFT, the tapping, so did you, you know, did you progress with that? I actually didn't, but it was, it was the first thing that led me to the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's so good yeah. to be able to, to work with those, those unconscious, conscious feelings that you have and thoughts that you have. And if anybody's interested in my book, Bulimia Sucks, I have a whole chapter on EFT and how to do it and what to tap on. And yeah, because it's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, just because it didn't end up being my preferred uh, kind of modality, but that's the thing on this journey is you have to find what works for you, right? And so sometimes you just have to try lots of different things and then figure out which one works for you, which one you can integrate in your lifestyle on a daily basis and what what feels good to you. Um, So it's amazing that there's so many things out there. Yeah, because I like to teach it to most of my clients and some of them really run with it and it really resonates with them and then some you know that you know they don't feel very comfortable doing it and that's fine but some people have benefited so much from it anyway so then what where did you take yourself after that so that was essentially after that maybe a few months after that was when I pretty much got to my version of rock bottom where, and I think we sometimes need that on our journey, isn't on our journeys, even though we're starting to go in the the sort of, you know, the right direction, but sometimes we just need that rock bottom moment because it's only when the pain of being in your current situation gets worse than the pain of changing that we really sometimes only start to change. So um, for me, the way that looked like is um, my first business. So at the time I was running a health food store um, because I, I thought that if I surround myself with healthy food, then I will be healthy. That was that was the, the thinking at the time. Um, a lot of my decisions, life decisions back then were all motivated by what will it do to my weight. So I had started a health food business But 18 months later, I was essentially a very stressed out business owner surrounded by food all the time, every single day. So so it it really accelerated the binge eating and I was binging on a daily basis um, because of the stress. My relationship was on its last legs. Um, uh, My health was really suffering as a result of all of this and 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 it just kind of all came together at the same point but i ended up closing the business and suddenly actually for the first time in my life i had no next plan so just to kind of paint a picture here i my whole life i've been the good girl the good daughter the good employee i've i got great like all the good grades at school i went to an amazing university i you know, had a, this incredible corporate career, you know, uh, then I was going to be an amazing business owner. It was like all planned out. I always had the next step. Um, and suddenly, literally everything went away and I didn't have that next plan. But that was the best thing that ever happened because for the first time in my life, I actually had to pause and ask myself, what do I want to do? 
Um, and that kind of led me on this personal growth journey where I started to ask myself all these questions. And I came across one mentor. Um, his name is John Demartini. Uh, he's got a very special place in my heart. And he actually kind of explained that sometimes food is a symptom and it shows us that there's something not quite aligned in our lives. And I was like, hang on a minute. That's interesting. And I started running with that idea. And that's what really started to, right. first of all, help me realize that, oh, there's something going on here. Oh, I'm doing this thing called binge eating. But secondly, it's not because I'm a failure and I'm not good enough. And I got like at, at dieting, it's because there's other stuff going on and it's mental and it's emotional and maybe even spiritual. Yeah. And that then led me down that path. Yeah. And it's interesting that how we remember specific things that people say to us. It's that power of suggestion that we choose or choose not to pick up and run with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So then um, how did you take it forward? How did you reach out for the help and what did you do? What help did you have? So I actually did it all, mostly all by myself through... I guess uh, that's not completely true. As in, I I had certain mentors and and different mentors and different people that I learned a lot from. But I feel like my healing journey was very much self driven, where I just followed the breadcrumbs. Like I would come across this one book, which then led me to the next one, which then like led me to this weekend away doing that thing which then led me to the next thing. and I just kind of followed those breadcrumbs and 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 what it, books do you remember that really helped you can you remember one that really stood out to me was um in the realm of hungry ghosts by Gabor Mate okay and that is the book that helped me realize I had um actually had experienced childhood trauma and I had no idea that I had um, because I actually, in my mind, had a very happy childhood. Materially, I had everything that I needed, and my parents were very loving. They loved having me, um, but it helped me realize that I perhaps had never given been given the tools, like pretty much none of us have, to to deal and cope with my emotions in a healthy way. And and I had learned to turn to food. I had learned to turn to all kinds of ways of oral soothing, nail biting. I sucked my thumb until 12 years old. He actually talked about that in the book as a, as kind of a symptom of yeah. a child yeah. who was emotionally deprived. And, and reading that made me just suddenly connect all the dots and go, oh, hang on a minute. Mm -hmm. Wow. I experienced childhood trauma and I had no idea. Yeah. And we block it out because I was abused when I was nine. I was abused well, a few times throughout my life, but it, the first time was when I was nine. And I didn't actually, I just buried it away and I didn't actually talk about it um, until I was in my early 30s. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. You yeah. know, and hence one of the reasons why I had bulimia for 15 years. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. amazing how it can, it can um, cause certain behaviours that we don't even realize they're all connected. Yeah, but there's actually even two types of trauma. There's, there's, you know, the the obvious ones like 
like obvious abuse, whether it's sexual or physical, or um, that is, there's there's the the people who know that something like that happened, and, and that that would have caused some trauma, but there's also the the kind of trauma where it's like we we know we're loved, like we intellectually know we're loved, or we have. A, a, a relatively happy family situation but at some level maybe we don't feel unconditionally loved where um and and I think that that was more my situation where so what does that mean though for for, for listeners hmm. unconditional love yeah so it's when maybe you only get praised when you get high grades and if you don't get the highest grade, then maybe you don't get praised. Mm. Um, or it's when um, you do something and you think you're doing it really well, but then you get some criticism and like it wasn't good enough. Yeah. Um, or trauma actually sometimes comes from just the fact that you're having an emotional moment and there's not an adult there to validate that emotion and help you process it. And so hence you're alone with those big feelings, not knowing what to do with them. And so hence those feelings can't pass through the body. And so hence we learn to turn to things like, um, like nail biting or thumb sucking or food, which for kids is, is really, because at that point we don't have alcohol yet. We don't have, you know, it's really just toys and TV and food. And so very often women who struggle with, um, emotional eating or binge eating or have been doing that for their whole life it's because they never learned in childhood um, how to be with with their emotions yes yes and we're not you know even nowadays we're not taught um, no. how to how to express ourselves and then it comes out in all sorts of negative ways when you're an adult isn't it as yeah. in alcohol drugs or huge anger or you know anxiety yeah so I feel like that book by Gabor Mate um he the book is in itself it's more about drug and alcohol addictions but there's the symptoms are the same like this the symptoms are different but the root cause is all the same so I was able to kind of get a lot of parallels from that and and that really kind of made me understand that all our so-called negative behaviors all come from a positive intent that originally all started in order to keep ourselves safe in order to comfort ourselves Protect ourselves yeah absolutely yeah 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 so positive intention behind a behavior is a is a reason why somebody is behaving that way hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's getting down to the root cause. They call it a secondary gain, don't they? Um, of of what is what's the underlying, you know, specific roots of that mm. behavior, and then working with those. Hmm. Yeah. So that's the that's the first thing that I uh, that I share with everyone is once you understand that you're doing it for a very good reason, or at least you started doing it for a very good reason that can take some of that judgment away. Cause I think, you know, those of us who struggle with, with 
eating disorders, we tend to be so critical towards ourselves, right, about it. And so when you understand that it actually was your three-year-old kid or your five-year-old kid, like that, that little girl or little boy, you know, who was actually just wanting to feel safe because there was no one there to help them feel safe. It it helps you get a little bit of self-compassion. And that's when we can start to look at the quote unquote problem as a symptom and that, and, and, and really start to work towards healing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I, um, I always liked this quote phrase that um, it is people are not their behaviors. Mm. Mm. And I've always really um, um, thought that was very powerful because people could, you know, people can reach out for alcohol, become alcoholics and cause all sorts of waves in the family and difficulties. But if you were to step back and think, actually, this is their behavior, it's not actually them. You know, it, it just makes it so much easier to be able to help that person. Absolutely. And there's so much stigma in our society, right? Where it's like, even with alcohol addiction, oh, you can't control yourself or yeah. um, the same with binge eating. There's so much shame. That's why we do it behind closed doors. That's why no one knows about it. Um, no one in my family, even, I mean, I had been with my partner, um, now husband, four years at that point. He had no idea um, that this was happening. Um but because there's so much judgment and, and, and stigma, we almost see people who struggle with that as like lesser human beings or when actually, when you start seeing them as really traumatized children, suddenly that shifts perspective. Yes. Like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of um, did a lot of reading and you had your mentors. Um, did, was there anything else that helped you on your on your pathway to recovery? Yeah. So originally, I started first, um, I guess, working on the mindset piece a lot. So shifting my perspective, and and specifically sh- learning to shift my negative self talk. Um, yeah. And and I. How did you do that? Uh, That's a great question. Is <laughs> really by starting to observe the way that I speak to myself first of all to see yeah. what's going on in my mind. Yeah, because awareness is the first step, isn't it? Absolutely, awareness is the first step. Um, so becoming aware of the thoughts and the kind of the radio station playing up there. Yeah, and then kind of stepping in that observer role, right? Of observing the thoughts and then each time like in the beginning you're just able to start observing them you can't do anything with it yet but then after a while as you start to get more familiar then sometimes I could like catch one of those negative thoughts and go no I'm not gonna think that bulimia sucks but you don't Kate has just released a new best-selling book called anxiety hacks with proven techniques tools and tips to calmness check it out now on amazon 